original post about the, by the way, I love this. I love that Ryan now has an, a failed meme attempt. Yep. <laughs> I have a couple of them. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's, they. I, explained, I, I thought they looked really good. Like they, I did The thing is they do. It just. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your weekly podcast that delivers a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. We are on episode 71, which means we're going to cover the one hour and ten minute and one second mark to the one hour and eleven minute mark. And this is your host, Aaron. And if there were ever a couple of guys that I'd want to work with to, I don't know, maybe bust off some positively charged pink goo into the guts of a major national <laughs> monument in order to animate said monument, march it through the streets of New York, of course, with the help of the Nintendo Advantage, and then use it to break into the Manhattan Museum of Art? Well, it would be these fellas. <laughs> I don't know, Ryan. She's a lot bigger than a toaster. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Kate, I was reading... You're just busy reading was, the business journal. Well, I was... <laughs> Busy reading the article where we're mentioned in the uh, Springfield Business Journal. Sorry. Uh, Just alongside me- a, a certain other people like uh, a podcast from Springfield, Hillbilly Feminist, Obscure Reference, Pop Goes the Culture, and many others that I plan to tag on our Twitter feed. Sure. Jesus Christ. Good to, be, was- good to be company with you guys. I'm glad you shoehorned that in. I'm trying. <laughs> and definitely I'm glad that you took us away from the Ghostbusters yep. 2 oh, riff that completely. I was hoping that He's we... He's like, I don't give a shit what you have planned. I am circumventing it. <laughs> so, but, gentlemen, but why don't you both speak in defense of Ghostbusters 2? Oh, we're coming at it from that standpoint. All right. I like Ghostbusters. Actually, uh... I will say I saw Ghost. I did not see Ghostbusters in the theater, but I did see Ghostbusters two in the theater twice, um, and I think that has partly an effect on the fact I enjoyed it so much. Um, I it's definitely not as good, but I I mean I have a hard time objectively seeing it because it's so tied up with seeing right. it in the theater and nostalgia. And I think it may be one of the first movies I saw like by myself or like without parents. Ooh. Uh, I think they that uh, Nathan Fields and I were dropped off to go mm. see it, and I said mm. after we got out, I was like, uh, that was when the Battlefield Mall still had a theater inside of it, mm-hmm. and I said uh, I would like to go see that again. He's like, no way, man, I want to go see No Holes Barred, and uh, that What's was about that? to say No Holes Barred is the wrestling movie with Hulk Hogan, uh, wow. and it is very terrible. Um, uh, but uh, they, they came out the same summer. They came out at the same time. I uh, thought No Holes Barred was like something that you were going to mention on like... The, no the, Holes uh, Barred, which is my pet project. There you go. Where yeah. uh, it's just me <laughs> fucking like cantaloupes. Yeah. <laughs> no Holds Barred. It sports an 11%. 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, I've never heard of it. Yeah. No holds barred basically means like there are no holds that look are not allowed. Cl- look how close they are to one another. And what's that that actor's name? Uh, uh, it's uh, Devo. Devo, yeah. Well, that's not his name, but oh, is that him? Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Uh, Tommy Tiny Lister. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. That's Zeus. And uh, he doesn't speak a lot in this movie either. I love it when people have nicknames that are uh, in quotes and are obviously the, ironic, like, I, uh, opposite of what they meant. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, Ryan Churchy Jet yeah. or Big Dick. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Uh, my here. I just want to put this up on the screen, and Ryan, maybe you edit this in. Um, but this not. is my uh, just edit oh, in the audio. I know what this you're is doing. my favorite gag. It's pretty good in in uh, Ghostbusters Two. The setup is it's a simple moment, really. The Ghostbusters they've just been arrested for breaking their uh, their. I guess they their, had an injunction they, against right, using they their were, equipment. They, they weren't supposed mm-hmm. to do supernatural investigation, and uh, they got arrested because they got busted doing that, and they're in the courtroom. Well, they dug up a street in order to investigate <laughs> right, right. the river of slime. I mean, that's, that's also just imp- property damage. Yeah, it was, I think it was more like they were impersonating city workers and they destroyed public property <laughs> right, as opposed of, to the injunction. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they should be arrested. In but they did right also now. have an injunction against using their proton packs, which comes in after this scene where they, uh, Tully, who is their lawyer, who is a tax lawyer, says, they can't use their equipment, they might be Exposing themselves, and Bill Murray says, "And you don't want us exposing ourselves." So they've got some of that mentioned slime in the mm-hmm. courtroom. The judge is going crazy, and then uh, it explodes because the the judge's anger causes the slime to it's, uh, emotionally re- like, release its energy. And it just—I don't know, like how big of a coincidence is this that the slime that they happened to procure. The spirits that were inside of that slime were related to that judge in that he was like, it's the Skagnetti. I can't remember the this. Scarpelli Brothers or something yeah, like yeah. that. I don't think... I, they, I always viewed it as more the slime is just a conduit allowing spirits to come through. So maybe they just... Oh, I see. They channeled because, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, anyway. I like... I'll just say, again, in defense of this movie, and then we'll play what you're going to. I will say I like the slime idea. I like it being emotionally charged. And also the this, like, um, coast star of this movie, uh, the guy who plays Janosch. Mm-hmm. Um, he's what, great. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Peter... Uh, wasn't he on, wasn't he on uh, Sex in the City? No, he was on um, Ally McBeal. Oh. Um, which same is another thing. show that same, I loved. Same I loved Ally McBeal. Same thing. Um, not. Um, but, you know, like, uh, I just like the slime. He's a great kid. Where are you from, anyway? The Upper West Side? He's Vigo! You're like the buzzing of flies to him, which is... We'll remember his name. What is it? Peter McNichol. Is that right? Okay. Yes, it's Peter right, McNichol. So anyway, this, the, the 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 spirits have been released. The judge is like, "Help us out! We gotta." And they're like, and we go through the thing, and they're like, they get agreement that they get to use their proton packs, and then they just set up for this amazingly simple. No, it still works. It should. Power cells have a half life of five thousand years. There's no time for a bench test. Heat them up. I just love that just, smile. The smirk. It's the, a really, the it's the best Harold Ramis joke in the movies. It's so, like, it's the dumbest thing ever, but every time I watch it, I just feel giddy inside, but... Um, all right. Well, oh, I wish it was He-Man. <laughs> thanks, guys, for indulging in that. Well, th- speaking of Bill Murray movies, I talked about this, how some of them don't hold up because he's... You and Caleb both were. Yeah, we were. And I, I, I <clears throat> revisited me, Meatballs. Did you watch Meatballs? And? 
Um, it is not as bad as I was afraid of. Good. Um, because he is genuinely like, the, he, especially to the kid that he takes under his wing who's kind of shy and doesn't want to be there, he's very sweet and like uh, parental to him and like helps him out a lot. Now, that being said, there is another camp counselor who he just full-on assaults. Yeah. Like, it's in a play like, oh, I'm wrestling around, but she, like, says the words no and get off. Yeah. And it's she's laughing, but I'm like, this is not okay. Yeah, right, right. So that it's problematic in that constant. But it wasn't as bad as I was afraid it might be. Cool. Should we, should we uh, after this, like, um, do a project, do the meatball minute? We could just do um, old movies where there's sexual assault. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that seems upbeat. Let's cover that. Porkies. It'll probably. Be oh my god! It's all crimes. <laughs> How many Porkies movies were there? Just two. two? I think two. there's twelve. <laughs> they were uh, filmed in Canada. Oh. Mm-hmm. Good job, Canada. Way to go. Blame Canada. <laughs> uh, guys, I have a shout out that all I would right. like to uh, share, and this goes. Really dates way back to minute twenty-five. Holy shit! Uh, at that point in time, we introduced a segment called the iconic moment, where we pick uh. apart some of the most impactful <laughs> frames of the minute that we're covering, and um, of course that birthed, uh, for better or for worse, I guess, uh, <laughs> a, a show a regular character. called The Ghost of the Iconic Moment. Some people seem to like for whatever I, reason. I don't get that, but... I haven't uh, seen him in a know, while. It's great. He was he was on your couch last week. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. He vomited all over and the floor. And I haven't seen him since. Sort of half-ass cleaned it up with his ghost sheet. Yeah. But uh, at any rate, we started doing that based on a listener suggestion, and we credited that from the very beginning, but... I am a nitwit, and I credited the wrong listener. And after um, much research, and I can't believe how patient Mr. Mm-hmm. Is it at Michael Andrews, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Will Wright for Pizza, you are the true father, I guess, of the... Or mother, I don't assume gender. Sure. Even don't, though I did just call you Mr. But, and even though there's plenty of evidence to suggest that you're what we might identify as male. But I don't make those kinds of assumptions. Sure. But it was your seed of an idea that ultimately impregnated the show, which ultimately birthed the ghost of the iconic moment. So thank you for the inspiration, and apologies for the misappropriation. May God have mercy on our souls. And the soul of the ghost of the iconic moment. I wonder what that person was like in real life. God, he sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) I mean, to be cursed in limbo to show up on our show. When he comes around, it's... Maybe, maybe he'll let us know. Yeah. (laughs) foreshadowing uh so that makes me want to go into a little bit of uh news a couple a couple points here oh uh i think this is probably a good time to announce that uh we are going to be we don't know if we're doing anything official or anything but we're going to (laughs) but we're going to be at tfcon chicago Mm -hmm. in uh, the last week of october that's right so that'll be a birthday thing for you maybe people will give you presents if oh everybody bring me bring me fleshlights Used fleshlights. Absolutely. I don't want fresh ones. <laughs> yeah. I want those to be filled to the brim with old semen. I mean, it'll, yeah. you can, or fresh you can semen. lube it up. I don't know. Why do you... Yep. That's, <laughs> that's, gonna, that's right. And now that's Disgusting. probably right. going to happen. <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so, somebody comes up and just slaps me in the face with <laughs> a fleshlight. fleshlight of cum. Ew. Yum, God. yum. There's got to be a, a term for that. <laughs> You like? Oh, there should you've be. You've been like, I don't know. You've been flashed, or I don't know. We've got to figure out something better than that. We'll put that on Urban Dictionary. Yeah. So, TFCon Chicago. See us walking around. Well, I'm sure we'll probably make some T-shirts. That is happening October 26th to the 28th, 
and uh, well, of course we'll at the Crown some... Plaza Chicago O'Hare Hotel. But uh, don't know what we're up to yet. But we'll probably be obviously shilling our stupid. Yeah, I'm sure. We, I'm sure we will make T-shirts we identified ourselves, and then yeah, mm-hmm. we'll bring some of our like uh, merch and stickers. Stuff. Yeah. Pass oh, out stickers. Yeah. Great pass idea. Out stickers. Damn, we're gonna have to get that going. We will sell one sticker. <laughs> just give them away. And the other thing, <laughs> probably. Yeah. And the other thing that I'll just this is probably a premature announcement. This will by the time this goes up, I don't know if it will be executed. But we are going to be putting posters up for sale. Uh, we, there's been a a little traction on the mm-hmm. internet based on a design by Mr. Ryan Jed, an illustration of uh, of Cup. That would be our. Join the Autobot Army poster in the style of the old World War. Is that one or two where that That's came two. about? Uncle Sam poster. Well, the, that the, that poster was made for World War One era. Uh, let oh, this guy oh, speak on it. You're let, right. Let, you're the, right. let the guy, the art history master. Liberty degree. Gardens. World War One. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. At any rate, uh, we are going to be putting together some different sizing options of that, and it'll be available in our shop. We're going to base our sizing, I guess, probably on like whatever the most common frame, frame sizes size, yeah. are to make it easy for you. So, you know, we'll have some size tiers, some price tiers, and so look for that size in the coming tiers, future. Size tiers, price tiers. Yeah. Size tiers, price tiers, where we sell good. <laughs> we should make some bro oh, sales merch. Puppy. It's true. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a couple other posters we've made and stuff we'll throw up there yeah. as well. And so I know, we're going to start getting yeah. this merch thing going. There's just in time for our podcast to end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's been some buzz. There's been people wanting merch. So, we, yeah, sorry for the delay. But and hey. I guess really what sparked that, we should thank these people. The uh, It would have been, it goes all the way back to, um, uh, well, I was listening to Transmissions and they were covering an event called Retcon 2019. Which is a, um, it's basically a Transformers co- convention in the Nordic regions. Mm-hmm. And they happened to, I guess, find the illustration on the internet. They lifted it and used it. Uh, and some people were like, hey, that's awesome. And then I, when I heard about it, I was like, I, first of all, I heard about it in an audio fashion. And so I was like, that what they're describing in terms of a cup. I want you poster sounds a lot <laughs> like well, so I did the research and surely enough it was Mr. Jet's handiwork and so at any rate we like it that we like that design too obviously so we'll start re- you know we'll release it commercially you'll love it you will love it you'll buy it mm-hmm. I'd love to go to buy our tchotchkes I'd love to be invited to retcon it'd be cool to go to Sweden for Transformers convention if they pay our airfare and That's, lodging yeah. everything please <laughs> I just don't know what we're gonna we'll do throw in, we'll throw in some posters for it so that brings us <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, we will. We'll give them some posters. Absolutely. That. Uh, let's recap the last episode. Oh, right. What do you say? Oh. We got a job to do here. So, last episode, Unicron sustained an all-out assault on Cybertron as Decepticons scrambled to defensive and offensive positions. Our conehead friends, they met their end in the form of Unicron's chompers. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, the Coneheads are definitely in the post-movie season three of the cartoon. Are they? So, <laughs> I don't remember. Just to throw that out there. They Great. exist. Continuity uh, on this is gr- awesome. <laughs> speaking of iron-rich diets, Unicron <laughs> okay. also devoured Galvatron whole, a move that the Autopont Decepticast team found questionable, you may recall. That doesn't make sense. We talk, like, the, the gravity conversation? That... Well, I, well, just why would you do oh, that? Oh, uh, why would you do that? Why didn't he fly out? A lot of questions. Why didn't he just crunch him in his teeth? Yep. He could have maybe destroyed the Matrix in that moment. But anyway, 
And also, the Autobots finally showed back up on the scene, and they were shocked, they were awed, but Hot Rod engaged the thrusters and forged ahead to the confrontation, which brings us to the top of this minute. I, I will say right up top. So, okay, neither the Quintesson nor the Junkion ship appear to have offensive weapons of any kind in any way. Mm-hmm. I, it's the same way, like, we see the guns on the Autobot shuttle that never get used, and in this whole movie, like, the Revenge is the only ship that has any offensive capability whatsoever. The boy does it. it. Yeah, exactly. And it just seems ridiculous. I mean, even in Star Trek, like, the science vessels had phasers. It's just... You gotta have minimal it stuff. It annoyed me that, you're like, they're just flying in, nothing, I can't shoot or anything. Yeah, but, it, w- it would have been nice if once that Junkion ship uh, lifted erect from the grounds of the planet, <laughs> if well, the first question was, like... Does that got guns? Yeah, does that thing have any guns? No. All right. Well, I guess we're just going to go. I think we should assume that the Junkion ship at least has weapons, because, but maybe they just, I don't know, they didn't use them or we didn't get a chance to see them get I, used I think on it screen. would just shoot, at the very least, it would just shoot trash. Which actually is not a <laughs> like terrible. Nuts and bolts. A yeah, terrible idea shoot, because. Just shoot debris. Like space battles would not be anything like we see. You couldn't mm-hmm. put it in a movie or a TV show the way it would really be. Pew, pew, pew. No, because, right? no, well, first of all, there'd be no sound. Pew. Second of all, like, you would not be firing lasers. You wouldn't even shoot at another ship because you're going to accelerate all that debris back at you. Well, and to bring it to the top of uh, this minute here, the the hot gas that, that or whatever it is that Unicron is emitting, it wouldn't have oxygen to keep itself hot, right? So well, it's plasma. Really, like the well, sun but, is plasma. Well, but I guess... Uh, it what's, doesn't but what's it drawing from? Oh, God, we're getting into another physics oh, conversation. Let's stop. We're stopping well, right Well, I'm now. just saying you could just fire, can- like, you could accelerate cannonballs to, like... But that's not what's happening. It's, like, I know. Energy. I'm just saying there's no... Re- like, you, you wouldn't... Like, for offensive weapons in a space battle, like, lasers are way worse than just firing, like, a big trash can. Mm-hmm. You should watch... All right, so I just read a, a trilogy of books called The Three-Body Problem Trilogy. Uh, it deals with space um, battles a lot, as scientifically as possible. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I highly okay. recommend it. It's a Chinese author whose name I cannot pronounce. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I'll check it out. It's the Three-Body Problem. And then that's the first book. And then there's one called um, The Other Book. The next so, body. The Four-Body Problem. But anyway, they're, yeah, it, they're, um, they're using all kinds of... Um, projectiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like one of the most effective ways in some of those stories I've read to attack a planet is just to shoot, like drop asteroids on it. Right. Because it would come off at the multiples of, an, of a nuclear blast. Yeah. So that's not happening here, though. <laughs> anyway, so. I, I was just mad they didn't have guns. There we go. <laughs> well, the and I think uh, at least my script deviations will go into that a little bit. Oh, uh, all right. So I don't know about yours, but... So uh, we see this powerful green flame. Ryan thought of it at some point, or at least in his use, as some sort of freeze breath. Caleb yeah. talked about it as hot plasma, whatever it is. And vomit. And vomit. It nails. <laughs> oh, Ryan hates that. that so much. Whatever it is, it nails the junkie on ship, which mm-hmm. manages to withstand the blast. Weathers it quite well. And Rickgar explains in his own way that the ship is built to last. Uh, Ryan? Patented enamel resists fire, rain, and corrosion for up to five years. Satisfaction? Guaranteed. I couldn't understand that first part of it. I wrote that down too. Resist fire, rain, and corrosion for up to five years. I couldn't understand the, what is it? The patented enamel. Patented enamel. Part of it. So the Junkions, uh, they're already on top of re- the repairs to their own ship. And, and as, a group, they, as a group, they respond, we should all three. 
or your money back. Okay, I'm sure that was I very do, annoying. I like that part where it shows inside the ship at the first where Rekgar is piloting and like struggling with the controls, and you see like they kind of accelerated the smoke going past it, which makes right. like gives it a sense of kind of urgency. And yeah. Perceptor's looking on like I got on the wrong fucking ship. <laughs> I got on the right ship though. <laughs> well, it's true. yeah, it is true. It, and yeah. I like how they weathered it, but it still did some little minimal amount of damage. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's really cool, but. So, yeah, I didn't notice until just now that, and it would make sense because obviously we don't see them inside of Unicron later, but our pals Perceptor and Ultra Magnus decided to hitch a ride with the Junkions for Do we see reason. Ultra Magnus? That's a question I have. I don't remember him in any of this for like the next like 10 minutes. I think this is like the last time you see him. Ever? Is he in this scene? I don't know. There's his arm right there. Oh, there's his arm wow. at the very far left. God, I didn't even notice that. That's yeah. the last time you see him right in the, at the one one hour the whole movie. No, he's one ten oh eight mark. He's oh, in the movie dude. later, but like yeah, we I think that's the last time you see Perceptor too. Yeah. If it was the last time I saw Ultra Magnus in the movie, I'd be okay with that. He's not relevant anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Which I don't I even know like why we needed to bring him back to life. They didn't give him a lot they definitely didn't give him a lot to do. <laughs> So, uh, guys, by the way, the intensity is really ramping up at this part. Like, I feel like we're, we're going to record three episodes today. A little behind-the-scenes knowledge. Pull back the curtain. But, uh, but uh, every minute we're watching today just feels really intense. And oh, part yeah. of it's the music, because at this point, yeah. I think uh, Stan Bush and Dare is playing in the background, mm-hmm. and that lends a lot of momentum to what's happening on screen. As we said uh, uh, bef- uh, off mic, uh, my favorite Stan Bush song, and Aaron, yours as well. Oh, yeah. it's I mean, it's miles away, just a better song. It's, but it's not the anthem you need like the touch. It's the you anthem need you deserve. Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> well, true. I, it's, a, it's an action-driving song. It's not the anthem you need right. to, to let you know that things are... It's not a power Our ballad, name, right? In the same way that uh, touches. So, um, Unicron at this point exhales a second blast of this teal fury, and it manages to pop the Quinnison ship right in the center, yep. splitting the ship in twain. Did it? Yeah. It, no, it puts oh, a... that answers one of my questions later. I never noticed that. I thought it just clipped it. Yeah. Okay. Well, it does clip. Well, that's interesting. And I never noticed that, of course, watching it in slow motion. Yeah. One of the, I don't know what you call those D- things. Disc. Discs that yeah. the, the you know spiral screw threads yeah, of the, of yeah, the yeah, ship yeah. Uh, gets does get singed by Unicron. Well, not just singed. I mean molten, and then but it hits a core part of the ship and definitely oh, cuts wow. the ship. Yeah, we're half. at uh, one hour ten minutes and fourteen oh, yeah, seconds in, and yeah, the ship. I did not notice that the ship gets cut in half. Dang. Mm-hmm. Well, the that answers the question because later, oh, oh, I'll wow. get to so it, the junkie I had on, a question later. That the Junkion ship is made really well. <laughs> I know. Because this shit, I mean, it just blew this ship in half. Mm-hmm. I think it just lends to the what we are to know as the industrious nature yeah. of those characters. They use what they have available and they know how to do it well. <laughs> or your money back. <laughs> or your money back. <laughs> But yeah, I, I that little detail of that singed part mm-hmm. of the ship I never picked up on before. That's was very cool. So uh, it, from inside the ship, this is a great part. The Autobots, Ooh. you see Cup, Springer, RC, Daniel, uh, Hot Rod. They're tossed about like mm-hmm. uh, like dolls, and uh, the smoke uh, from the explosion begins to pour into the cabin. I thought yep. just such a cool, it is cool, nice touch. Where was Wheelie? Oh, well, he's around somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. 
That's, he I just shows up later too. We won't see him again, I guess, until the end of the, the movie. The end of the movie. All yeah. Right, well, see, nice that's, knowing you, Billy. Huh? Good call really, out. Did he get? Did sorry, he, we don't have any more. Did lines he supposedly for you to do, go inside of Unicron as well with the rest? I of don't uh-uh. think so. Yeah. So he must be on the junkie. Outfit. Which is weird. Or he's you think the, he'd be with Daniel. He's, right. in back, he's in the back half. Of the sh- he's in the back half of the ship that got blown off. Yeah. Actually, that might make sense. We'll see enough. Maybe we'll discuss it when we get into the next minute. Because we like, what ship did the Dinobots go on? And honestly, that makes sense. Where Wheelie would probably be hanging out with the Dinobots at this part point. Yeah, I had a question about that because if we notice at the very like, it's at the very end of the last minute actually, which I didn't notice until recording. There are like five like tiny little lights flying with the Quintesson and Junkion ship coming in from the background. I think it's meant to be the Dinobots flying with them, but on their own. Uh, yes. So hang on. Okay. Do the Dinobots have the capability of flight? Yes. We saw them fly earlier in the movie, but also they do fly in their inception. So, like, let's just watch that. Right there. One, two, three. Well, I'll be damned. That could be it. You're right. 109.55. A little bit back in time here. That's the only reference that there is to where the Dinobots... No, they're going to show show up up later. Yeah. But as as far as... That's the only reference that they're not But also, why would they do that? I don't know. Why wouldn't they be on a ship? I don't know. (laughs) That feels like a waste of energy. They're free-flying later... Yeah, but it doesn't show them coming out of a ship. I was thinking in my head that maybe they were on the back half of the Quintesson ship, and so once that ship got cut in half, they fell out the back half mm. like the other guys are going to fall out the front half here momentarily. Um, right. Anyway, so okay, so the Quintesson ship is cut in half. Uh, after we see the struggle and the smoke kind of uh, flow into the cabin, Hot Rod grabs the controls mm-hmm. with all of his might. I'm guessing that the power steering is damaged. He steers the ship uh, right into Unicron's eye, yeah, which is a, a, a cool visual sequence. I yeah, love the nice. spinning coming. Yeah, the, at the, the shot of the tip of the Quintesson ship just coming right at the viewer, which then flips immediately to a close-on shot of Unicron's eye as the front half of the ship just yeah barrels into his cornea. I guess that's why I never thought of it as cut in half because it doesn't look cut in half, and the back half looks like exhaust. But mm-hmm. I guess it's just the glowing remnants of it being yeah, I suppose. yeah. Which is this is where we're at right here. Right, one minute. Uh, or one hour, ten minutes, twenty-three seconds, where they fall out of the ship as it goes into Unicron's eye, and I never understood why they fall out, but now it makes sense. Yeah. So a couple questions came up in my head at this point. So uh, first of all, great drawings. Uh-huh. Uh, the glass smashing illustration, particularly from the outside of Unicron, is mm-hmm. like very fluid and just done really well. That purple glow, what you talked about, I'd never noticed that before, like as a thing, like from the burning of the mm-hmm. Quintesson ship. Is this, like, the Autobots presumably don't know what's on the other side of this cornea. It's true. Is this kind of a kamikaze play? I think I think basically it was a last minute, like, Hot Rod wasn't, I, had no yeah, I don't think choice. He, I don't think he had really any, I think he was trying to control the ship, and I don't think he maybe intentionally went into the eyeball. I think it was just he was trying to control the ship, and it happened to go into the eyeball. Maybe it's reverse kamikaze in that he steered it into the eyeball because he thought that might be the only place that it keeps them all alive. Oh, I thought maybe he was thinking what would do the most damage. Would anything that that is the opposite of committing suicide be reverse kamikaze? (laughs) Just living your life. Just just me getting up and having breakfast this morning was reverse kamikaze. I guess I'm reverse kamikazeing (laughs) today. I didn't drive off that cliff, I pref- I, so I committed reverse kamikaze. Uh, non-divine wind. Yes, non-divine. Uh, a secular wind. Yes, yeah, secular wind. Yeah. 
Uh, that just sounds like a fart. That is a shower <laughs> thought, guys. Nice job. Put yeah, that, well put done, that on Caleb. Reddit. Yeah. Um, I will say that like, I, I, I love the, the bit of whenever, as soon as it punches through the eye, this word dare pops mm-hmm. in the song. Yeah, that's a great moment. Yeah, that good, great sound editing, professionals. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> good job, guys who know what you're doing. So from inside of Unicron, we see the Quinnison ship blast through the eyeglass. We see some of the semi-organic inner workings. Uh, though nothing that seems like it would act as a pupil or lens no. for this eye. That's kind of weird. Um, but at any rate, the Autobots tumble out of the vessel. We see first Springer, then RC, Cup, Daniel, and finally Hot Rod. And the way they fall out is kind of <laughs> it's weird and awkward. But, <laughs> but poor, and, poor Daniel. And do you God think they just damn. fell out due to the motion? Like it was an uncontrollable thing? Or do you think they were kind of like, it real did quick, look guys, like, let's jump? I would imagine they had to have jumped because... It, sort of like your discussion of gravity last week in an elevator that's falling out or a plane that's crashing. <laughs> just they like, jump out at the last second. I think they safe. must have jumped just because like I, that it didn't seem that close to the cockpit for them to fall out necessarily. Right. It so. was it was a re- it was an incredible gesture of reverse kamikaze. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I do love in this next bit where we uh, the 27 seconds where we're back outside and Unicron grabs his eye, so it's obvious that this kind of that hurt him. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if we've ever mentioned Rocky on this podcast before. No. Uh, but that made me think of like You're talking the, about the main character of the movie Mask. I'm yes, assuming. Uh, Eric Stoltz. Yeah, Eric Stoltz, Cher, and uh, and uh, Sam who? Elliott. Sam Elliott. Thank mm-hmm, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've never seen that movie. Right, go on then. <laughs> um, in Rocky Four. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the Sylvester Sloan oh, vehicle. Oh shit! My bad. The franchise. Um, in Rocky Four, where he's fighting uh, Ivan Drago, and it just reminded me of the part where his um, his uh, uh, man or uh, well, his coach that uh, is now. Oh God, what's his name? I had his name here just a second ago. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Milton, not Milton Pearl. No. 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 <laughs> Burgess Meredith is dead in number three. I'm talking about number four. His coach is Apollo Creed's former coach. Exactly. Yeah, Duke. That's what it yeah. is. Uh, in Rocky IV, where Rocky finally cuts Ivan Drago on the cheek, and his, his coach is like, see, you cut him. You hurt him. He's not a machine, which Unicron is a machine. But I'm like, oh, so he you know, does feel pain. He can be defeated. Yeah. yeah. It just made me think of that. No, yeah, yeah that's an awesome. It is awesome. How he basically kind of reflexively reaches up to his eye and winces. I mean, I mean, to your point earlier, if Hot Rod was trying to create the most damage possible from mm-hmm. this move, I mean, it feels like mission accomplished there. Um, Ooh, that's so a cool shot. Now we're at about the 110-28 HR Geiger. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So we're back inside the beast here where our friends are falling and they are passing through some kind of strange wall lining. There's just kind of ropes and ropes of thick cable layered on top of each other. There's these spike protrusions kind of sticking out horizontally. We're going to see a lot of spikes in the next couple uh, minutes. <laughs> the whole team kind of narrowly misses the spikes with the exception of Hot Rod who just kind of <laughs> lands right, right, right the on the basket. spike there. Uh, the rest of the team continues to fall until they land on some sort of, I guess, quote-unquote, ground, which in this case is sort of this green metallic paneled mm-hmm. hallway. Um... How did they? How, like, if we're accepting that Unicron has gravity and these guys are at the will of the this thing's gravity, I don't know how they didn't die. But especially Daniel, he should have been pulverized. I feel like the exosuit has internal dampeners. I mean, we just like have to believe dampeners. that. I, yeah. I've, I've been making the case for this whole podcast that Daniel should have been dead a long, long. Time. I'm sure there's yeah. some fan theory that Daniel is dead the whole time. <laughs> it's like a Jacob's <laughs> ladder. They, they kind do of that thing. in every yeah. Ooh, Jacob's I like that scenario. 
They do that in every movie where it's like I've read a, a like a, a, a conspiracy theory of Moana that the pig is dead and imagi- oh. or imaginary. Nice. Like that's Dan- why he doesn't become the sidekick instead of Hey Hey. Who like I Daniel really much better choice. Like Daniel really did have an accident on his hoverboard, and then the rest of this. Or is that now... Daniel is like an imaginary character, or like well, I guess they do. In other maybe this is a Dallas uh, situation. It's where, a dream. Yeah, after he wrecked on that thing, he it envisioned. Could be. All, he envisioned all, this entire movie. Um, I think it'd be funny. This is a little disturbing, but I imagine a moment where after everybody falls on the ground here, RC, because, you know, she's a caring mother type, she's like, Daniel, and she goes to, like, lift up the suit and make sure he's okay, but what she sees inside is just, like, organic mush, like, in jello and maybe an eyeball just splattered up against that dome. I guess that's Would she be like, ooh. She kind of just pushes it away. Is that where Ultra Magnus would go, ew, gross. Well, that would be Hot Rod. Rodimus? Oh, Hot Rod? Yeah, sorry. Ultra Magnus will be like, I can't deal with that now. And he obviously can't because he's not even here. (laughs) The writers of this movie cared so little about Ultra. Like, he's been abandoned. Yeah, he really does get shit on this whole movie. I actually felt bad for him until he doesn't even get to hang out with the gang. And arguably in season three, he's the most effective. Like, he's the basically the the commander of the whole thing. Anyway. He's the Dick Cheney to George W. Bush. Well, I don't know if we want to go down that road. Ah, Ultra Magnus. You're doing the John Stewart. I'm doing John Stewart doing the penguin doing Dick Cheney. That's right. So uh, at this point, uh, so they're all okay, by the way. Just if you've never seen this movie, uh, just want to let you know that everybody survives this fall. Can you imagine someone <laughs> never seeing this movie and trying to piece together what happens by listening to our podcast? Honestly, that's how that's, I feel. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> I guess it's true. Well, so I, I listen to the Transmissions podcast, and every now and again, I'll, they do they review comic books, and they'll do like a kind of like frame by frame on the comic books. Mm-hmm. And I don't read the comic books, but I'm kind of interested in what's going on with them they so paint, I'll listen to that they sometimes paint, so they paint a good of, picture yeah that's just like the artists it's theater of the mind yes right. so everybody's okay Daniel inquires about Hot Rod's whereabouts Springer does not know and he hopes that whatever uh, wherever Hot Rod is they didn't get him and by they we're talking about sort of a unicronian internal defense mechanism. I think this is like his immune system. Yeah, kinda. sure, totally. Big old grapplers. And it emerges from holes in the wall uh, of whatever organ that we think they're residing in right now. They look like, or it seems like they live like moray eels. Mm-hmm. And But they're essentially these thin pitcher, pinchers on a cable. They make a very trippy sound effect. Let's Almost insectile. Let's really listen to this. Yeah, it's like... No, it's not like a duck sleeping. Yeah, it's a cool sound effect. Heard, it's almost like a, like if you were to take a slinky and yeah, like a whipping, light as if there were metal cables whipping around. I exactly. guess. So uh, let me. I would be interested to know if they fully bet from an actual sound or if they were taking an analog synthesizer. I bet it's a combination. I'm sure that comes originally from a natural sound. I would think. Yeah. So RC is like, quick, this way, and she leads the team away from the claws down a tunnel as the claws continue to chase them. Uh, back on Hot Rod for a second here as we close out the minute. 
He's resting on that spike. Mm-hmm. And in what is, uh, as the entire community knows, is one of the most <laughs> egregious animation errors. He slides off the spike and continues it is his very fall gross. <laughs> down the vertical tunnel here. So, yeah, that, that, that animation error is... Like, I remember even as a kid, like, oh, that is one of the... It's like, egregious. It's, it's startling. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just... Uh, like, how do you fuck that up for so many frames? Also, <laughs> <I know. laughs> like, it didn't match. No, no background matching at all. And essentially, as you might recall, basically, as he's falling off the spike, they kind of mismatched the masking mm-hmm. of where his leg overlaps the spike, and so you see this gap of what would be in in I guess movie uh, measurements, like probably fifteen feet of hot rod leg, mm-hmm. just kind of disappearing as he falls off the. Spike. Bike. But anyway, he goes up and he falls down this tunnel. Which, by the way, I love the look of this tunnel that, yep. that falls Hot into, Rod yeah. is falling down. It is very cool. But I'd, it's a long fall. I presume it's the same exact tunnel. I Maybe imagine. This. I guess. It's not like he fell down, somehow found himself down a separate tunnel. Yeah, I can only assume that the, from the game that, that RC and Daniel and them went down a different area. They landed mm-hmm. somewhere else and he's just falling down a separate tube. Right. Yeah, well... That brings us to the end of the minute, oh. guys. Um, we already I had a couple discussion points. We already talked about kamikaze. Um, <laughs> we you talked about there's no evidence that the Quinnison or the Junkion ship, for that matter, has weapons. Basically, these guys showed up on the scene, were attacked, what was their plan? and got just shut down immediately. <laughs> I, don't yeah. they, I don't know if they. Ex- I don't know if they expected to be confronted by Unicron. I think they were right, just trying well, to go to Cybertron. And I mean, land. they had to expect I guess. it. I guess. Yeah. They the answer would... is Unicron. I guess you're right. Yeah. This is, this is some poor planning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess then let's uh, get into the... <laughs> oh, boy. So our longtime listeners will know that uh, typically we divide the script deviations up into two sections. And uh, Aaron goes first. That's me. Because my section is a draft of the script that is pretty close to what we see on screen. But there tends to be some interesting little notable, well, dare I say, deviations. And then Ryan will pick up after I'm done because mm-hmm. he has a very early Friedman-esque uh, version of the script that usually has a lot of really trippy mm-hmm. acid and mushroom coated yeah. sort of yeah. twinges to it. So at any rate, uh, kicking mine off, uh, some of the main differences. The Junkion ship resists Unicron's attack, and the script actually mentions that it fires back. Uh, it says yeah. the Junkion ship fires back, but it also mentions that there's not really any damage that Unicron takes okay. from that attack. Um, at that point, Unicron actually grabs the Junkion ship and tears it in half. Fuck. And uh, the Junkions manage to come together. They that kind of like the scene that we do see on screen, where those guys they're kind of welding and trying to fix things up real quick. Mm-hmm. That happens, and what ends up uh, becoming of it is that um, you end, both halves of the Junkion ship become two interdependent, fully functioning ships. So Whoa. I think that's kind of oh, cool. That is actually. really cool. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty cool twist. Um, Ultra Magnus and Perceptor, who are on that ship, they're amazed, and the latter of which, uh, Perceptor, exclaims, most unscientific, but effective. <laughs> Scientific? I don't know what's unscientific about he it. He totally needs a wedgie. So, oh. uh, and, and in my version of the squip, the qu- squipped? <laughs> in my version of the squipped, the junkions, this is what they do. <laughs> In my version, the Quintesson ship as well also fires on Unicron. 
And also, it is a beam from Unicron's eye rather than what we see on screen as his mouth okay. that cuts the ship in half. <laughs> the cruiser rips through the eye socket and uh, smashes through several... Uh, this is script language, through several, quote, electrical membranes that are, in fact, Unicron's brain. Hmm. The ship dumps off the Autobots with an angle on Hot Rod. He tumbles out of the rubbish and down a deep pit, which we can assume, according to the script, is a robotic sinus or something. <laughs> like, uh, I'm done for the night. Uh, robotic, or something. A robotic sin- a sinus or something. Period. Carriage return. That's awesome. When the Autobots land, they are chased by dozens of hovering robots that look like floating bear traps. Cup calls them debugoids. Okay. So they're a thing I guess he's seen before. That are inside Unicron's. I've seen wife. something like this before. <laughs> so that is, yeah, that's the end of mine. All right. Oh, okay, Ryan, guys. kick it off with Yikes. the craziness. Oh, is our, should, is this going to be good? It's different. Okay. Uh, I will say up top, there's a little correction. I said last episode there was no Quintesson cruiser or Junkion ship because they were flying Junkion, uh, which they were flying the planet Junkion, but. Uh, I don't know, somewhere in between last episode script deviations and this one, the Quintesson Cruiser and the Junkion ship both take off from the planet and fly toward Ingester. Okay. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, That'd be funny, they're flying the planet and they just, just got the cruiser, the, the Quintesson ship just stuck in it as they're flying around. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so Hot Rod, it's on the Quintesson. Like a passed out junkie with a needle in his arm. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. Huh. <laughs> Junkion. Oh. So, and uh, at this point, um, the Quintesson ship piloted by Hot Rod flies toward Ingester, and we see him take a swat at it, and he says, Defy me and perish. What? Defy me and perish. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, Perceptor takes a scan of it and says, The creature's exterior plating is composed of antimatter filament. And then we're on another angle of Ingester's head and jaw as Hot Rod's cruiser flies between the head and the flailing arm. Pose for a blast between Ingester's cheek and hand. Ingester reacts. We see his eyes move to view this scene, and he quickly slaps his cheek, trying to squash the cruiser against his own face. But he misses, hitting himself as the cruiser darts free. All right, pause for a second. Yeah. I do like the idea of them doing a scan and trying to find out more about it and giving Perceptor a role of sort of like an analysis. I don't like the execution of it in that No, it, script, it doesn't go like anywhere or mean anything. I do too. I hate the idea of Unicron slapping himself in the face like a fucking like Three Stooges. Yes. Or he's trying to slap, slap a bug that's bitten him. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the oh eyeball, God. crashing through the eyeball was a good move. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, Hot Rod. He says we're gonna take one pass and then fly right at it. And the Dinobots are also uh, flying next to the cruiser at this point. Oh. And then Rekgar is piloting the Junkion ship. And they all three groups of them: the Dinobots, the Quintesson cruiser, and the Junkion uh, ship are flying directly at Unicron. And Hot right. says one, two, three. And Jester reaches out to snatch the ships and the Dinobots, but then the cruiser, Junkion ship, and the Dinobots split into three-pronged assault. The cruiser zooming up toward Jester's head, Junkion ship zooming laterally into Jester's belt, and the Dinobots zooming down to Jester's foot. And Jester doesn't know which one to grab first, so he grabs nothing and bellows in fury. <laughs> He's just a big buffoon. <laughs> The Dinobots near Gr- the Ingester's foot, Grimlock, Slag, Sludge, and Swoop dive in formation and then combine blasts of fire and laser, giving Ingester a mighty hot foot. 
Oh, good God. But wouldn't he like that? Wouldn't he absorb that and turn it I into I think it, maybe he can only maybe absorb. grow bigger. I was, at that point, as he grabbed his foot, he's like, oh, ooh, jumping up and Pops down. Pops up and down. Ooh. I, yes, because he raises his flaming foot and reaches down to put out the blaze. <laughs> ooh, ooh, maybe ooh, he could have used that ooh, cold ooh, breath from his ooh, mouth ooh, to ooh. put it out. And then um, the Junkion ship gets over to his waist, and um, basically they they move away from the controls, and the Junkion troopers eject, whoosh out, ejecto by gum, and the line of Junkions come out and, like, grapple onto his waist at this point. And then as uh, uh, Ingester's Hotfoot is replaced by a shot to the gut, and he reacts, roars, and bends to feel the burning crash of the Junkion ship into his midsection. Whoo! And then Hot Rod. So says, did, wait. So. They basically grappled onto the his waist and like crashed the ship into his. So they all hopped out of the ship. Yeah. Grabbed it, created like sort of a mace sort of thing. But there, that the junkions themselves are the chain of this mace, and they swing the ship, I mean, which is the head of the mace. It's a little confusing, but that's what the I got out. Gut of, of okay. Mm-hmm. Sort of a. Kamikaze play, but <laughs> sort of not so much because they no. jumped out of the ship and anti kamikaze play. Yeah, and then reverse kamikaze. Oh my bad. That's right. Thank Please. You. Well, um, and then Hot Rod's cruiser approaches in Jester's ear, just beneath the horns, and he says, "Prepare for impact." As the cruiser screeches in, skidding and sliding, and stops in an odd angle, wedged in a convolution of Ingester's ear. Touchdown! Oh no. I think it's meant to be like touchdown, like but what it's touchdown with an exclamation point. So an ingester says, uh, like Tim Taylor. Hot Rod exits the cruiser with Daniel in the exosuit cup, Ultra Magnus, RC, Blur, and Perceptor. So they're all together here. And Cut Rod said Cut Rod. Hot Rod says, keep him busy while I drop in. And RC says, be careful. Hot Rod and RC, as he pulls himself up, looks back and smiles at her. You too, beauty bot. Oh no! Mm, good stuff. So, and, and also for con- just a little bit of context from the previous uh, reading, mm-hmm. uh, Hot Rod at this point has already gained the mantle of leader of the Autobots. The Autobots kind of like basically said, "You're the guy going forward," and he's like, "I'll take it." They're at least following his orders. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and then um, Springer runs up beside RC uh, and Daniel and says, "If Hot Rod's gonna have a chance, we gotta keep this big Galutacron busy." Galutacron. Mm. And Blur, very fast, busy, busy, busy. He transforms, and his bumper is seen to be a bumper with a oh, flame yeah. nozzle. Where's Blur? Exactly. We There's a lot of where Blur. are these we, people? We haven't seen Blur in ages. I mean, I guess we saw him. We on saw him Junkion. Junkion. That's the last time we see him. Yeah, okay. I forgot about Blur. <laughs> At least they're all included in the yeah. script here. Uh, Blur takes off, riding down the neck and across the chest of Ingester, spewing flame as he goes, scorching Ingester, who, in mid-reach to investigate his ear, reacts and travels off with Blur, and a, a furious roar starts slapping at his neck, chest, and causing Blur to do like uh, slapping at his what? Slapping at his neck and chest, chasing okay. Blur his like neck he, chest. Yeah, like, neck like he was chest. some kind of hopping mosquito, which is not a thing. That's a thing. Yeah, that's where we'll end right there. I like your notes. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I do have a note that says this is because it's just so slapsticky, like literally. Uh, I'm glad this was edited, but we'll make sure to include it in our. Uh, we're gonna put it up on Kickstarter. Our uh, the the Friedman the, version. Oh, the Friedman uh, the graphic gonna, novel. Uh, that's right. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a probably a 200 page, maybe 300 page graphic <laughs> novel. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Faithfully executing Friedman's original vision. 
Come at us, Friedman. Transformers the movie. <laughs> or join the team. That's yeah. what I meant. I didn't mean to, like, attack us. Come at us. Hey, we've said some nice things about you somewhere. He just busts through the door here, head first. Like the just... Kool-Aid man? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, this is about the time that uh, we get a visit from a particular... We can... I'm the ghost of the iconic moment. <laughs> you know, uh, Caleb, what you got for what this? Was your iconic minute? moment? Well, hold on. What, what, what's on the screen right now? Oh, well, that's not very helpful. A big. Uh, I mean, crashing the 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 yeah. ship through the eyeball is yeah. pretty rad. That's the first indication that Unicron can be hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. That was mine as well. I think it's a very creative. Thing to do mm-hmm. to just as far as plot. It was a nice evolution, and I guess it's a testament to um, to uh, why am I blanking out on his name? Flint Dilly's editing. Well, it's and, like uh, you read that you read a, like Ryan's script, and I would be like, "Nah, fuck it, let's just not- <laughs> crash the ship through his eye. That's badass. Yeah, why that's badass, and it would take a second. Yeah, <laughs> like, to do. It's true. It'd be better. I mean, you got to think by the time they get to the end of a movie, like producing a movie yeah. like this, that they're like. But and I guess I'm making the assumption that they are producing the movie in order, sequential order, which may not be the case. I'm sure they have teams I working on different sequences. So, yeah. But uh, but there is sort of a hurry up and let's get this done feeling to this part of the movie, and maybe it's just because it's the end of the movie and I'm supposed sh- to feel like more of that intensity. As I was speaking to be to honest, her. like in, whenever I started lo- watching these next three minutes, I was shocked as to what is happening. I'm like, I remember this as like being five minutes from the end of the movie, mm-hmm. but we're still like we've still got. We're only at fourteen minutes, an hour and fourteen minutes, or an hour and eleven minutes in. We got fifteen. We got minutes fifteen left. minutes left. Yeah, but, or fourteen. Yeah. But how much of that is credits? About know, a good five. Five minutes. Which so. I still don't know how we're going to handle that creatively. But uh, I, you guys keep worrying about that. We don't we'll have to fine. handle it creatively. Yeah, <laughs> we can we, handle it really we lamely. Just, we'll, we'll have plenty of stuff to talk over while we just look at the credits. That's true. Um, so the uh, uh, just to tie into what you're saying, like that moment when they. Impact and the Stan Bush Dare. Yeah. That is just like... It's the best. That's perfect. It's mm-hmm. perfect. So... Three for three. All three right. Three. Great. Here we go. We have a... Is it, do you have to have four people for a quorum? How does a quorum... I think a quorum just means a, uh, like everybody... It's either everybody's represented or... I think it's a majority or everyone is, is uh, in, available to vote. What is the uh, word where everybody agrees? Unanimous? Unanimous. Unanimous. It's unanimous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got there. I don't know language, guys. <laughs> ah, English. This early onset is bumming it's me out. the biggest hound in the pound. <laughs> so, next time on the Autobahn Decepticast. We see two adversaries unite against a common foe. Just kidding. We see round one of the intergalactic battle of the century, Hot Rod versus Galvatron. So listen to the show, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and tune in. Follow us on our social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at APODDCast. And, of course, there's our web presence, autopoddecepticast.com. iTunes users, rate, subscribe, or Google Podcast users. Yeah, five stars, please. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> all right, see you guys. This is a great episode. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, it was. One of the best ones. Bye, bye, bye. That sounded sarcastic. <laughs>
is used for my previous job. Um, speaking of conventions, Aaron, did you have you did you look at the um, the Transformers Cybertron Siege toys? Uh, yeah, they. Are you talking about the San Diego Comic Con? Yeah, they look good. I think they look good. I was wondering about your thoughts about that because a lot of people, most people I've seen, think they're really awesome. And but I've saw like I guess only one dissenting tweet that was like, uh, I don't like all. They're too greebly and there's too much texture. Um, I kind of like that about it. I, I mean, do too. Now that I'm in a place where I basically kind of have my cartoon looks box checked for the most part, um, I don't mind checking out these things that are kind of twists on it. Mm -hmm. And but the thing that I think is cool about it is I feel it looks like like one of the biggest complaints about their toys over the last ten years, at least for me, is that they're all like gappy. Like uh, let me find. Like, I've got some down there I could go grab them, but they have gaps in places, like if their fists flip out, there's just an ugly oh, gap, gotcha. or gaps in the legs. It's like cheap production techniques, and it looks like they are starting to sort of address that. Like, there's a little bit of a gap there, and there is a gap mm. in the legs, but in the past, that gap probably would have extended all the way here. It looks like it looks like they're trying to make them look a little bit more quality mm. and put a little bit more paint. guy's got some wide-ass shoulders on sideswipe there. <laughs> Like, and I just think the characters look kind of cool. Like, I think that hound looks pretty cool mm -hmm. right there. Um, let me see. I thought that I, there was an iron hide that looked really good. Oh, yeah. I, and I thought Ultra Magnus looked really good, too. What's oh, God. Not to jump around all over the place, but oh. have you heard of, on the new Bumblebee movie that, uh, that, that trailer that's not Starscream? That is so fucking annoying. Isn't it? Who would it be? Uh, it's, it's Blitzwing. Blitzwing. <laughs> Ugh. Like... You got a good you, thing going. Everybody's happy about it, and then you ruin it. Why would you do? Why <laughs> Somebody would they, said that's the most transformery transformer thing to happen on the Transformers live action movies is to make that not Starscream. Why would you do that? I don't know. You, I can't imagine they weren't aware that like everyone's gonna think that's Starscream. And I did see one smug tweet who was like, "I told you guys that wasn't gonna be oh, Starscream." Oh, Christ's sake! <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah. I mean, good call, I guess. But like, yeah. It's so weird. It's a, just a weird like. Why make him look exactly like another character? It's so fucked. And 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 get everybody's hopes up. Right. About like, oh, this is great. It's a good pairing. <laughs> Starscream's intimidating. I mean. And I I, I mean I I'm fine yeah, with and, it. And being, plus, it's a good pairing. It's a good pairing. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it being Blitzwing, but not Loon. It's everybody was like, oh well, I like Blitzwing, but now I'm disappointed because it yeah. was. Yeah, I, was, I, don't, I had my against, mouth all set for Starscream. Nothing against Blitzwing. It's just like. I did see a funny gif of somebody transforming a toy star scream, and then they at the end it shows Blitzwing, and then it says Astro Train. <laughs> <laughs> so here's this is the one I'm kind of most excited yeah, about. Is a siege for cyber like it for the first time in a long time we're actually getting like an homage to the old White Optimus Prime, and then all this armor is going to mm -hmm. cover him up and turn him into Ultra Magnus. That, I mean, it looks it looks like a quality figure, but. That's the thing. Like as a kid, I never understood why there was a White Optimus and Ultra Magnus, and that, and then realizing it was a Diaclone, which J Japan was all about combiner robots like that, mm -hmm. and like making suits for robots to, and so that makes sense now. But I'm like, yeah, that's really cool looking. I like the, I like all the Siege um, uh, toys that I've seen so far. I just wanted to put a pin in this because I couldn't find the Ironhide. I love. I think this Ironhide. It looks, looks great. Awesome. Like it, I mean, it kind of. It looks like a cool Cybertron brick. Mm -hmm. It's a minivan. That like, is oh, something somebody was, else said they didn't like the brickiness of them, but uh, I do. I think it looks do, awesome. Have they ever had any of the um, the uh, Coneheads transform into their Tetrajet Tetrajet forms? That would be cool. So, oh, go ahead, Ryan. I just. I think there was a. 
a Kickstarter for that. Yeah, so so that's the Moss Toys Tetrajet Kickstarter campaign, and they got funded. I think they did, yeah, they got funded. And I they, retweeted that a couple of times. They seem to be nice people, uh, but so they're... It, the, I think it looks like a great figure. I'm probably not mm-hmm. going to buy it, although I would love a Tetrajet in my collection. But these look awesome in robot mode for sure, yeah. and they look—I the mean, they look awesome yeah. in yeah. this mode as well. It's just not as uh, smooth, homagey as, yeah. as I'd like it. But I might buy it. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Moss. Speaking of things I bought before we get into it, yep. I brought. I... Brussels, Brussels, where we sell good. <laughs>